Coming to you from the HagmanReport.com studio. Located in the Keystone State, birthplace of a mighty nation, it's your host, Doug Hagman. And welcome to Hagman. It is the Hagman Report for today. It's Wednesday, May 27th, 2020. I'm so happy to be uh, actually coming to you from this platform, independent of any other social media platforms, by the way. Just go to HagmanReportLive.com. That's where you can find this program as well as others. Um, where truth can't be silenced. And believe me, there are people, there are people, entities, organizations that want to silence us. I, I got to tell you a few things. This is going to be a real program about real things. Not that other programs aren't, not that our other broadcasts aren't, but in fact, real issues. Joining me, riding shotgun and, and uh, commenting about current events, of course, is going to be Dr. Richard Proctor from the Provis Institute today. Um, again, real events, not made up crap, not things that don't affect you, because all of this affects you. It affects me. It affects all of us. Uh, I'm really not in a, I, I got to tell you, coming out of the gate again, I'm, I'm not a happy camper. <laughs> Today, uh, Eric the Tech and, and myself, we had a lot of um, conversations about uh, business and about bringing you this product, this information product, what it takes to bring this to you what it takes for our other, shall we say, cottage industries, that being coffee and such. And this is going to, in fact, I'm going to be talking to uh, Dr. Proctor about this. But I want to give you some inside baseball, inside information about what's going on here. Before I do, just some of the top headlines, which again, impact all of us and uh, affect all of us. Consider that Bo uh, Boeing is laying off some 6,700 U.S. workers and thousand more layoffs are planned. Consider that uh, that uh, you've got CNN and other media outlets saying, "Hey, don't worry, you know, the don't worry about oh mail-in votes or electronic voting because in the midst of this virus, this epidemic, this pandemic, you know, it, it certainly." You really can't vote in person, so you've got the CNN fake news hack, Brianna Keeler, insisting that, you know, voting in person, well, that's more likely to result in voter fraud. I wonder, I wonder how that, how, you've got to ask yourself, does that even make sense? Google Drive has taken down copies, a personal copy of Plandemic. One of the top stories for today, President Trump is threatening social media. And this is something that, again, this affects all of us. President Trump uh, is threatening to close social media platforms for their censorship, their silencing. And censorship is the incorrect word to use here. It's silencing censorship really is attributable to government as opposed to private 
platforms, not understand Twitter, Facebook. These are all privately owned, or at least that's what we are supposed to believe. And when I, I say that, and, and here's the situation, the story will be that Facebook and Twitter and you know all of these companies were started you know by a college kid in the garage of somebody's property, independent of government. When you know when it's been shown and proved that there was government money, if not used at, if not infused at the inception, used during the course of the buildup to the power uh, powerhouses that these social platforms are currently. So early today, President Trump took to Twitter to slam uh, social media companies where many conservative voices have been silenced. All right. Now, Sarah Carter's reporting on this, as I said. The conservatives feel that social media platforms were silenced. President Trump said, we will strongly, and I'm reading this right directly from this tweet, we will strongly regulate or close them down before we can ever allow this to happen. We saw what they attempted to do and failed in 2016. We can't let a more sophisticated version of that happen again. Now, let me, again, let me read verbatim from the tweet by President Trump. And, and whether or not and how this is done needs to be discussed. I'm gonna, here's a quote. Republicans feel that social media platforms totally silence conservative voices. We will strongly regulate or close them down before before we can ever allow them to or allow this to happen. We saw that they uh, we saw what they attempted to do and failed in 2016. We can't let a more sophisticated version of that to happen or of that uh, happen again. And, and I really dislike, by the way, the way Twitter is situated with the limitations of characters and how people have to uh, improvise on the on the on the words, but nonetheless. Now, President Trump continued. He said this, wrote this, just like we can't let large mail-in ballots take root in our country. We can't. That's a fact. We cannot allow that to happen. It would be a free-for-all on cheating, forgery, and the theft of ballots. Whoever cheated the most would win. And then he admonishes social media. Likewise, social media, clean up your act now. All right. Put that aside just for a moment, what I just said about, about silent, the silencing of conservatives, because that's really the big issue. Now, there's an underlying issue as well that involves commerce, that involves the economy, that involves... Um, conservatives being silenced by other means. I told you about our T-shirts, Don't Tread on Me, Hagman Report, T-shirts. A company, Printful, which offers, it, it prints them up and fulfills the order. In other words, we don't have to touch the shirts. We don't have to hire someone to come in here and to... Uh, box up the shirts and send them out. You know, Printful said, no. You know what? We don't like 
what you're writing on your shirts. Well, they didn't say that. They said that the don't tread on me, the Gadsden flag violated their community guidelines. We had, we didn't put really aside from our name, we didn't put any other words in there. We didn't say, you know, we said nothing objectionable or threatening the mere presence of the Gadsden flag and the words don't tread on me and Hagman report said, you can't do that. All right. Again, hold that thought. Now that that's another issue. Hold that thought. People have uh, been buying our coffee. By the way, thank you. If you've purchased our coffee, thank you. Now, I don't talk about it that much. Uh, proceeds from our coffee sales are sent to Shatter the Darkness, Russ Dizdar, and Craig Sawyer. Because they're boots on the ground. And, and it go, the proceeds go to underwrite our efforts at saving, intervening, uh, investigating child and human trafficking, sex trafficking, and so on. That's what that's what this the proceeds for the coffee. That's where this goes. It's not to. It's not so I could send my grandchildren to private schools or I can get a bigger house or whatever. No, no, not at all. All right. Now let me explain something to you here. This is the news I got today. And I'm going to ask Dr. Proctor about this. And I think, by the way, Eric the Tech, is, is Dr. Proctor on? Yes, he is. All right. So, Dr. Proctor, I, I, welcome, by the way, to, to this uh, edition of the Hagman Report. And thanks for joining me today. You can bring him on. If we have him. Is this thing on? Hello? Okay. Stand by with that. Oh. All right. We're, we, I, apparently, we are having an issue. But I'm going to explain this to, to you, and, and perhaps um, Dr. Proctor can, uh, if he hears it fine, I can repeat it uh, uh, very succinctly. We sell K-cups, and we sell bags of coffee. All right? And Eric the Tech designed these bags. I mean, he spent days designing the colors, the, the, everything, the bags, all right? He spent days designing the boxes, submitting the artwork, making sure everything was correct. All that was done on our part. Now, here's where, where, it, where it affects all of us, and here's where the communist element in this country and what has happened for years leading up to this point Here's where it affects all of us, and here's how it affects us. As I said, we sell this to underwrite the investigative efforts for genuine boots on the ground to underwrite the, the investigation and uh, uh, assist those involved in child and human sex trafficking. Look at this box. This is a box that Detectives Choice K-Cups come, come in. It's really simple. It's just a box. In fact, if you... If you open it up, you can lie it flat. It's cut and printed. It's just a normal box. In the United States, to make this in the United States, I'm going to give you guys a second here, folks. I want you to tell me, again, just a simple piece of cardboard. It's real simple. It's, I mean, it's 
Nothing special. You can see what it is. Nothing special about it. Just, uh, I wonder how many people can guess how much one box, just this box right now, to have printed and shipped to the roaster from the United States. How much does it cost in the, in the United States? So in other words, let's say ABC company, Acme, Acme box printing company prints this box in the United States. They print it, they cut it, and they ship it. And let's say, oh, I don't know, we want to order 10,000 boxes because that's it's not really a big order, not at all. How much per box to, to, to cut or to, to print, to cut, and to ship from Acme Box Company, I'm not going to name the company, Acme Box Company here in the United States to our roaster? How much do you think it costs per box? Folks, studio audience, anyone? Okay, you've had time to guess. I'm going to round, let's see, I'm going to round down. Ready? $3 per box. 10,000 boxes. Just the boxes, not the coffee. $30,000. 30,000 $30, for 10 boxes. Okay, I can accept that. Maybe. Now, let's take our business offshore. And this is, again, this is what I want to talk to Dr. Proctor about, among other things, because all of this kind of fits together. Just hang on, because by the end of the show, it's going to all fit. So I said, you know, $3, that's a lot of money, especially, I mean, that's taking money out of the proceeds to help file, uh, help fight uh, child and uh, human sex trafficking. China. How much do you think, folks, and I'll give you a chance to answer, how much do you think it costs to do the same thing I just described per box in China? Guesses? Ladies and gentlemen of the studio audience? What's that? Okay, we think we do have Dr. Proctor. I'll answer that for you. Good. Oh, there you are, doctor. How are you, sir? Good. I'm good. I don't know what happened before, but I'm here. Okay. Doing my part. All right. Paying attention. All right. So uh, I don't know whether you caught me. I, I caught the beginning of this. Uh, I started out with the censorship. Yes. Okay, because this is all going to tie together, and this involves you, Dr. Proctor. So I, because I, I, I'm, I'm angry and I need answers and I know president Trump is angry. We're all angry at the moment, but anyway, so here it is $3 per box. You caught that right from, yes. Where's, okay. I'll ask you, how much do you think, uh, uh from China to, from to China, from 50 China? cents, 92 cents. Okay. 92. I'm not surprised. Cut your price by a. A six, six, 60 down to one sixth. Doctor, tell me why. Tell me why. Okay, oh, let's put put aside the. Oh, uh, it's very simple. Okay, all right. It's very simple. It, actually, I don't cut it to one third. But anyway, my my guess was one sixth. Guys, it's very simple. Their per their standard of living is less than ours by scads. They don't pay their people very much, even though 
they're paying living wage for China. So they pay the living wage for China compared with our living wage in the United States. Therefore, the cost of the box, everything, every piece of it is less by, by multiples. That's what free trade does. If we did free trade appropriately, I mean, if we did it tariff appropriately, it would cost $3 for us to have those boxes here also okay. from China. But the extra two bucks would go into the government's pocket for to, to offset the operations of the government. That's what tariffs are for. No okay. taxes for us. That's what it's for. All right. That's what's supposed to happen. Because, it, well, okay, now here's part two of that. So I, I, I got that. In fact, we spoke about free trade. But part two of the, about this is, okay, well, there's company, well, I'll just say Acme company here in the United States that prints these boxes. And, you know, yes, United States printed and cut and shipped and all that. But it'll just say printed and made and uh, ready for shipping. There's a, Acme does that here in the United States. Again, a fictitious company name. And uh, let's see, without the shipping, uh, it's, it's probably, uh, I don't know, 10 cents less a box. Do you know, and here's my problem, Acme is the only company or is one of maybe two companies at most that prints these boxes or that, does, that, that will make these boxes here in the United States. Why is that? I'm asking you. Are you, ask, are asking. you asking me why do I think it is? Yes. It, it's, I would think it's again back to free trade. We, we have too much competition. They're lucky to get any, any at all. So they're trying to do the best they can. They try to get people to buy from them is tough. They'd rather buy from China at 92 cents. I think it's all three tri free trade. You may have another view here. No, I, I think you're right. Free trade is a big deal. A company in our, in our country can't survive in competition with the world market. Can't do it. My, my brother-in-law raises wheat, sells it for $7 a bushel. Okay. Because of the international market. He can't buy a loaf of bread. He can, you know, they make a dozen, maybe two dozen loaves of bread out of that out of that bushel of wheat, but he still only gets paid seven dollars a bushel because he has to compete with Thailand and everybody else in the world and their prices and their structure. Free trade is destroying our country. I mean, that's what I focus on. Okay. Are you focusing on something different than that? No, that's okay. So no, with respect to this problem, there or this this issue, I'm focusing on free trade. But I think, in addition to all of that, and really, what would motivate a company here in the United States to start, let's say, printing and I don't know somebody that could make these and print these? What would be the incentive of a company if um, if Acme is paying? Um, or, or, you know, to, to compete against China. And, and the startup costs would be prohibitive if Acme, we'll say, has got a uh, monopoly on printing boxes in the United States. Or I'm just, I'm using that with the emphasis on monopoly. In other words, it seems like um, the startup costs for a company to make these would be, would be incredibly prohibitive. And you wouldn't see return on investment for a long time. And you couldn't be competitive. So that's why Acme's got this, this monopoly. Or unless you go to China when you've got other potential, you know, uh, producers of this um, this particular product. And that goes for all of the products. 
I guess so. You said free trade, but but what about the United States? Let's say we did put that uh, tariff on. What would be the incentive of other companies here in the United States to fight against this fictitious Acme company I'm talking about? Oh, it would it would be very very difficult because of the startup costs, the machinery, the people, the warehouse, the business. They're setting together all of the all of the uh, infrastructure and all of the transportation, all of the getting all the stuff together. It's prohibitive. It's very expensive to build a company. Very expensive. Okay. So they would not risk it if they didn't feel they could get a return. So they would sell theirs for two ninety five for a nickel. Would you change? You might. But they still are risky because the other company's been around a long time. They could lower their price below yours because they don't have to do all of the machinery. They don't have to set it all up. They're in place. Right. So we do have to worry that the price that you're you're paying at three dollars a box is too much. If we consider that they have a market that other people can't penetrate without several million dollars just to make boxes? No, no, no. Press on. Spend your several million dollars somewhere else that will make money quicker. Okay. And the reason I started out this program this way, and including the social media aspect of things and the silencing of conservatives, is maybe it was clunky, and maybe it still is clunky, but I think there is a direct um, relationship that that's that's taking place here. I think that that long ago, and as I read your Liberty Series books, by the way, Dr. Richard Proctor is is with me. ProvisInstitute.com is his website. The um, graduate course is the Liberty Series, uh, of course. When I say graduate course, I'm talking about uh, saving the Constitution. Of course, is the primary book or one of the primary books that everyone should own right now. And of course, the economic book on economics and such. You go to provostinstitute.com and uh, and really buy purchase saving the Constitution. But the Liberty Series is the graduate course. But the reason I, I started out this way, and it, maybe it's clunky, maybe it sounds clunky right now. But again, I, I believe that there is a direct correlation between events that are happening today and the silencing with respect to the free trade. Number one, number two, these are number two, and number one would be the silencing of the conservative. Uh, a viewpoint with social media companies and, and products. Uh, doctor, before you came on, and I don't know if you caught this, but um, we have a company. Now, this is not a fictitious company. It's it's called Printful. And um, we have on our, on our store, I'm probably going to get sued for this now, uh, but it's true. I mean, truth is the best defense in litigation. Um, we offered in, in our online store a shirt that had the Gadsden flag on it. And all it said was, don't tread on me, with Hagman Report on it. Eric the Tech designed it. I mean, just copied the Gadsden flag and put our name, Hagman Report, on it. They, they sent an email saying, you can't, you, we're not, we're not going to print your shirts anymore because you have violated community, our community guidelines. Now, as a private company, I realized that they can do that. But they're one of a few companies that actually print and fulfill the order. There it is right there, uh, doctor, on, on the screen. Okay, so it's really guys and flag, don't tread on me with the Hagman Report logo or Hagman Report uh, uh, name with the American flag. on the, And that violates their community guidelines. All right. So we go to— How? How? 
Oh, it, yeah. they don't tell you how. It just says that design, that violates their community guidelines. How? Hmm. I don't know how. Historical information, historical stuff. By the way, that's 200 years ago. It's beyond copyright, beyond anything else. You can use it. It's it's in the it's in the domain. It's it's available. Right. So is it threatening? I don't know why they'd say that. Uh, it, I can't think of a reason that they would say it violates anything. So they should provide, but they don't have to provide you with the guidelines because they're a private company. We're just not going to print it. That's done. Right. They don't have to give it a reason. Right. And, and, and now hold that thought because, sorry about it, I keep hitting this. Uh, hold that thought because as part of of an ongoing uh, civil litigation of which Steve Quayle and myself are a part of. And those people who are out there typing this and, and making a record of this, I want you to be exact. As part of uh, that litigation, the uh, plaintiff, where, where Steve and I are being sued, brought up the issue back in 2012, in June of 2012, uh, brought up this issue, and this is the issue. GoDaddy, the web service of GoDaddy, said to me, sent me an email that said, your website violates our community standards, very similar to the T-shirt. Accordingly, you've got 48 hours to get everything off your website and to have it off of our servers, or we're going to delete it. Now, what was on there? A lot of conservative commentary, a lot of conservative information. It wasn't over a $5 bill or a $50 bill. It was over what they termed to be offensive or material that apparently went against their community guidelines. But which guidelines? I don't know. What was the offensive? I, we don't know. YouTube, same thing. We're not going to monetize you. It doesn't matter. No one's monetized except, you know, because your content goes against our, our, our guidelines. Content. 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 Some people call that censorship. You pointed out earlier, censorship belongs to government. Private companies, they just silence you. And that's what they're doing. Okay, so now we bring, okay, so, you know, so people say, well, you know what? Why don't you start your own uh, web hosting service? Again, go back to this. Oh. All right, how much are oh. we going to pay, you know, to, to start that? Hey, start your own Twitter, start your own Facebook, start your own whatever. Sounds great to me, but wait a second. Offshore servers, may hey, it's a lot easier just to take it offshore. A lot less it expensive. always is. It always is easier to take it offshore. And that's what's hurting us in our country. That it's always easier to go offshore. Right. And the product will come back just as well. Call, I'll call, almost all call in numbers now, 800 numbers. You think you're calling someone in the U.S. to ask questions or get service? It's all offshore. Right. Why? Because it's less expensive and the communication is so cheap. Yep. So they can do it almost for free. They yep. can go offshore almost for free. Nothing. So we are bound by either go offshore or use or we're we're screwed because we can't uh, we can't work if they're gonna if 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 the social media and YouTube will shut us down, we can't go offshore. We have to do our own thing 
doing our own thing is very, very expensive and very, very difficult. A little information here. Back in 1990, now that's 30 years ago, I set up a, uh, a little hub of my own to do uh, a, a school over internet. Uh, and in those days, you had to use CompuServe, which is like $7 an hour. Uh, $7, might have been $7 a minute. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. And and I, did, I got around that because I said, hey, I'll just send the things and change the computers a little bit. So I had a I had a, a, a disk that when anybody bought our product, they inserted it in their computer, and it changed for that period their operating system so they couldn't save or couldn't copy. Then we sent things over the air, by the way, at two, 2,400 baud, <laughs> 2,400 guys, you can't even, even well, never mind. You guys, 2,400 baud is what we said. It took about three minutes. Uh, and then they got the material, and they could use it as long as they didn't turn their computer off. They couldn't save it. They couldn't print it, but they could use it all they wanted. And that worked out well. It cost us $100,000 just for the equipment to get started. Nothing else, just the equipment. And that was in 1990. And there wasn't any competition really to do it. There, there wasn't any. There weren't any hubs then. There wasn't anything. So we did it over the phone, our own phone number, set up our own situation, had seven lines, all that kind of stuff, and and it didn't work. Didn't go. That doesn't matter. That's what it cost us to do it. Wow. Well, at least you had the initiative to do that, and that's pretty. That, that's that's pretty neat, actually, when you think about it. And I remember those days of the old, you know, modems and the. Uh, uh, you know, that baud rate, B-A-U-D folks, baud rate. Uh, I remember that. So, uh, you know, okay. All right. Very interesting. And, and so compare that, what was that, 30 years ago now to where yes, we are today? Years. Okay. Now it, it seems like, I don't know. Uh, it just seems like everything is out of control. Now, okay, here's the final aspect of this. President Trump came out and said, you know what? You've got Twitter, you got you got all the social media platforms that are silencing conservatives, and I'm paraphrasing here. If I went on Facebook, for example, to complain about the company that refuses refuses my business because they find the Gadsden flag offensive, it violates their community guidelines. Okay, now again, folks, don't please don't send me emails saying, well, we, we, you can print it here. Now, this is a company that we don't even have to touch the item, okay? I, I fully understand there are other companies out there. I'm, this is the point, though, I'm making. President Trump said, you know what? We are going to co go after Twitter and Facebook because if I went on there and complained about the company and, and said, hey, look at this image. It violates, uh, you know, Printful's... Uh, um, uh, community guidelines. I'd be shut down by Facebook and by Twitter. Uh, I'm just saying, so, so now President Trump comes out and says, we got to do something about this, which leads me to my point, because this is all real life. And I'm not the only one, folks, you guys out there, you know what we're talking about. Dr. Proctor is the victim of this. I'm not the only one that's got to uh, think about paying for packaging. You guys have to, end users have to pay. So this affects all of us. So I guess, Dr. Proctor, what do we do about this? Uh, with uh, Is President Trump right by saying, you know what, we can't, we can't let this go on. We cannot allow this. This is not right um, for, uh, even though the private companies, hey, 
you're silencing conservatives because this is a new town square. I guess is that the way to go? I guess that's where I'm headed with things. I'm sorry. No, it's not the way to go. I'm sorry. President Trump can say those kinds of things, but he has no authority to do it. Private companies can do what they want, but we can control it if we just would. If we walked with our dollars off of Facebook and off of Twitter and off of the social media, then they would change their tune. But we don't. We just stay there and say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It'll be all right. Okay. Well, it isn't okay and it isn't all right. We are causing this ourselves by keeping our dollars in places that we don't we don't like or don't want to support. Okay. Move off of Facebook. Move out there. Stop using it. Okay. Now, here's another related question. And people think, you know, boy, Doug, uh, you've always been a little bit of Steve Quayle, but you now you, you're full-blown ADD. Let me ask you this, doctor. All right. So we have this pandemic, in quotation marks, air quotes. And- they got to be big quotes. Big air quotes, right? Oh, and it's dangerous. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't, I, doctor, it, it must be the, the most intelligent pandemic because it certainly doesn't affect Walmart. It doesn't, you, you can't, apparently you can go to Walmart and not get infected. But if you're a uh, mom and pop grocery store or mom and pop business, apparently, you know, it does affect, uh, infect you there because the governors won't allow you to open and no, you gotta you gotta remain shut. The only place you can shop is at Walmart. I mean, what in the hell is going on here? Uh, it's not like oh, I just woke up. It's just that everything kind of just came, you know, right on. All my right, head. now I'm gonna mention something very important. Now you call you call my series the graduate course. I call my series the introduction to knowing why we're where we are and why I wrote the book Saving the Constitution. Right. It's the introduction series. You're now talking about information that's jam-packed throughout that whole book, that whole series about what has happened to us. Walmart, big company, lot of money, big people. They are part of the organizations that are destroying our freedom. I call them the international banking establishment. I mean, it's rife all over the world. These and the big companies are all, the owners of those are all a part of it. I tried to have my books. Volume one, I started with volume one. I wanted to put that in some of the school libraries. I wanted to put it in places. I had a sales guy working for a company that did that. He says, those are good books. I want to put your book on. He went to his ownership. They would not put it on because the content violated their standards. And what did it violate? It violated the intent of the international banking establishment to take over our world. Walmart's still in good shape. Walmart can sell stuff. But like you say, the mom and pop, they can't. The, the governor don't want them to. Well, the governors don't. The governors, most of them aren't a part of this, but they're going along with the mo- mood of the country. And the mood of the country is to wear a mask, stay six feet away, isolate yourself, stay home, hide under the bed. I mean, that's what's being taught us. And we're learning. We're, we're buying it hook, line, and sinker. Ah, I listened to a video the other day that, the left, the bad guys, I'm going to use that term, the bad guys, they're laughing because we accepted it so easily. They didn't even have to argue. They just says, oh, bingo, this is it. And we all said, right, okay, salute, small, soft, whew, jump, how high? I'll do it. We all did that. Now there are people are, a guy got murdered because he was out jogging the other day. Why? What's, what's wrong with us? All we've got to do is get back to the country we had 
but we're not doing it because we're allowing these people to control us. Now, you can, uh, the governor in California was putting a ban on all the churches, all of them, shut them down. Well, some people went to go into the Supreme Court for a ban. He immediately changes his, well, you can open as long as you never have more than 99 people or 25% of your congregation, whichever is least. Now, come on, folks. He doesn't have any right to do that. All he's done is back up this idea of social media. You got to spend so part of you can't touch anybody. You can't you can't handle anything anybody else handled. Oh me, oh my, because oh it's going to spread. Well, everybody says, oh I know there's no pandemic. I know this right. I know you're right, but it will spread. It 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 goes really quickly. Who said it goes really quickly? Who said that it's contagious? Who said these things? The media said these things, and the media is the fourth arm of the government that's trying to control us, the fourth arm of the deep state. The deep state bought the media back in the 20s, and they've been using it ever since. Why don't we, ah, I'm have to stop. Uh, This is why I love uh, Wednesdays with Dr. Richard Proctor. I really, I I have so much respect for Dr. Proctor. Of course, he's the head of the Provis Institute, folks. Do yourself uh, it's 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 really we should make it a uh, a show requirement. If you're going to listen to this show, you really need to read Saving the Constitution. You can go to theprovisinstitute.com, located in the program description box, not at YouTube, not on Spreaker, not anywhere, but HagmanReportLive.com. That's our that's our real estate on the internet. And of course, you can click on the link to the Provis Institute and Saving the Constitution. That's an important book. And you're right, by the way. I back up, and when I say the graduate course, I probably not. This would be the introductory course. You're right as to where we or why we are where we are today. Um, I'm not sure why I said it the way I did say it, but then again, oh, that's it's all right. I like the way you said it, but it is an introduction to why that other book was written. It's an introduction to the economics books too, but mostly it's an introduction to the saving. Right. I spent volume four, uh, half. A third of volume four is spent just on the Supreme Court and what they're doing to our Constitution and our lives and our country. A third of the book of volume four is just about some, 57 of them, violations of the Supreme Court. And 57 is a short number. (laughs) You did did, uh, go go through very well. And I think, where did I put it here? I, I I had a little mark. But but here's volume four, of course. Liberty, will it survive? This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the Liberty Series, folks. Go to theprovisinstitute.com. So important. But yes, you are absolutely correct. Okay, so what we're seeing today affects all of us. And, and you mentioned it yourself. I mean, um, everyone's just saying, oh, okay, uh, you know, following along. Eric the Tech had done some numbers from or done some math. Um, Eric, I don't know if you're busy, but from the CDC website. I, just I love to- math. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you what, Eric, the tech is good. Just from your, what did you tell me the other day about about the uh, the numbers and such? Go ahead. I don't want to. In our area or overall? Either one, whatever you've got handy with regard to this pandemic. Um, I know in our area, the math comes out to seven people supposedly have um, coronavirus out of 10,000. Seven per ten, every 10,000 of population. And there's talk of us going back to red. 
to destroy the country. The people that want it done are doing it, and they're going along. So let's let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Let's send them checks. Get them dependent on us. Oh, we got to talk about printing of money. Why? What's going to happen to us because of their sending us checks? We think this is a good thing. Oh, we get a thousand dollars. Oh boy. Oh, they're going to send us a base of two thousand dollars a month. Oh, it'll be good. Oh my. Oh my. Folks, you're destroying your country if you if you think that's good. You're a part of the destruction. Ah, guys, that money is going to come back in inflation that you have never ever imagined, and your cost will be your your ability to survive, the country to survive. That's what the cost will be. For a measly twenty four thousand dollars a year, you're going to give up your country. Now, I'm not saying you should send it back. But we should start a fight to stop it. We should fight, start a fight to stop it. I, Guys. I agree. But, but can you, it almost, I, I'm, I'm trying to envision a scenario, doctor, where the average person out there would say, oh, don't send me that $2,000 check every month. Please don't send it to me. I, no, we won't do that. We won't do it. That's the problem. We won't do it. It's so important. And they've got us. They know how to get us, and they've got us. If you want to have an example of what this kind of thing will do that's taught in economics all the time, you go back and look at Germany of the early 1920s. Folks, Germany of the 1920s had stamps. I have in my stamp collection a first-class postage stamp with millions of marks. Millions to to mail a a letter. Millions of marks. People would run run go along. They'd they'd get their paycheck at the beginning of the day and run. I mean at noon and run to the store to buy what they needed because by by six o'clock they couldn't buy it anymore because of the inflation. Absolutely horrid. People would steal the. They go around with 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 wheelbarrows to carry the money. They'd throw the money away and steal the wheelbarrow. That was what was valuable, not the money. It's terrible. You can't imagine. You haven't seen it. Well, I haven't seen it either. I wasn't here. I wasn't in Germany in the 20s, you see. But I know what it was. I, I, I saw the information. I studied it close. That hyperinflation, that's not just hyper. That's hyper, hyperinflation. Just think. What would it be like if you had to get your check at noon and run out and buy immediately or you couldn't afford it by nightfall? That's what that was. And that's where we're headed. Wow. Yes, that's okay. where we're headed. And, and folks, uh, as well, I, I, I didn't want to uh, do this before, uh, cut in before, but again, when I'm talking about saving the Constitution, I really, again, this is important, equally important in what Dr. Proctor is talking about, too. Economics, um, easily understood economics is a book, and uh, associated with uh, the Constitution, a Constitution if you can keep it. I, I wanted to make sure people saw the different options here. Uh, as well. So yes, um, so we are headed for this, headed headlong into this disaster of of epic proportions. I can see that. Um, now, I don't know if any of this that we've talked about to this point in our program, if it fits with what you had in your mind that may, maybe we were going to talk about today. Um, and if not, then we can change the subject. But if, if it does, let's continue. No. Please. Because I, the, the first thing I had written down on this thing to talk today is printing of money by the government, okay. what it means. All right. That's the first thing I had, and we've done it. We've covered it. I mean, I don't know if we've covered it or not. I hope we get the point across. The government is destroying us by printing all this money. 
Oh, the, the, trillion the, the government really, when you say the government, it's not really the government that's printing the money. It's the Federal Reserve that's printing the money, right? I mean, or it's. Yes, well, actually, it's a misnomer. They don't print anything. Now it's just marks on a thing. It works like this the government, our government, okay, now this is the government, decides to borrow money to send uh, $1,200 out to every citizen. They don't have it, so they have to have to borrow it. So they don't have it in their budget. They have to get it from somewhere. So they go to the Federal Reserve and say, Federal Reserve, would you print this for us and give it to us? Now, they don't print it. They just mark it down. We give them a debtor instrument. They send us, they give us the money, just like when you go to the bank. Except when you go to the bank, they actually do give you some money. They put it in your checking account. You can use it. The, the, uh, the Federal Reserve doesn't do that. They just mark it down. They just mark it down. There's nothing behind it. They just mark it down. There's nothing behind ours either. But cotton pick, they just write it down. If I did that, I could be a millionaire, and tomorrow I could wear stripes. <laughs> so, which is okay, just to be clear, and so everyone knows. So, what this is, this is nothing but a debt or an IOU, right? Yeah, it's even Federal Reserve on it. It isn't even a silver certificate, it isn't even a US dollar. It's a Federal Reserve note. Read it. Yeah, Federal now, Reserve note. The, we had people in the past, we had presidents in the past who tried to get out of this out of this kind of a situation. Because every, every time they tried, thing, bad things happened. We stopped the first one in, 19, uh, in uh, 1811, and we had a war with England in 1812. So we started another one in 16. When that was stopped in 36, we had a financial catastrophe from Europe because they wouldn't accept our money anymore because we weren't uh, doing the, the, the central bank. Now we've got one that's absolutely horrid it's controlling the whole world through our dollar. And if the president tried to, I, I'm, I'm just going to make a, a comment here. I know that President Trump is secure in his security, okay? People are around him protecting him from right. untoward bad things. But if he decides that he's going to print United States notes to replace the Federal Reserve note, and, and pay off that debt with United States notes and get our country going with United States notes, they wouldn't have to borrow anything. Use United States notes. He would print United States notes and would have inflation, but we have that anyway. But now we have a debt and inflation. So if he print United States notes, if he decided to do that within a month less, he'd be uh, six feet under. I'm sorry, that's what they'll do to him. That's what they did to Lincoln. That's what they did to Kennedy. That's what they'll do to anybody who does that. Anybody who tries to get in the way of the Federal Reserve income stream will find themselves in a casket. And that's what they do. They're that powerful. Yes. Yes, they are that powerful. They are that powerful. Absolutely. And, of course, folks, the Liberty Series goes into all of that. And and really, it's very it's very important reading. All right, uh, would there? I don't even. I'm not even sure of the questions to ask because I have a bunch of questions about this. And you and people might think, well, wait a minute. We we know all of this. Um, we understand how the system works and how we're getting hosed. But I, I guess um, I guess my questions. Uh, how in the world can we sustain our country, doctor, if we continue this way? You, we can't. 
No, we cannot. But I have a reason. I have a solution in saving the Constitution. It's in the conclusion of the book. It's a five-step approach to yep. getting our country back state by state and ignore the federal government completely. Just do it state by state. But to do it, you have to have an honest legislature. Oh, dear me. You have to have an honest government. Oh, a governor, legislature. You have to have honest judges. You have to have honest. Ah, my. So, yes, I have a solution. Yeah, honesty. Honesty. Did I just say that? Is that a solution, honesty? It's a solution. I'm not sure about its viability um, in, in well, today's. There is a group of. But there is a group of people who wants to get the Constitution back, and they are on the ballot, and you can run for office on their ballot, even in November. You can do it. I don't know if you can get there now because it's too late. Every state's closed their elections by now. But they're there. They're there. And that group of people is trying to get back to the Constitution. They're not writing a new one like some of these other people. Some of these other people say, we're going to get back to the Constitution by writing a new one. No, no, no. That's not how you do it. You get back to the Constitution by using the one that exists, that was ratified in 1788, that is the document still in force. Don't change it. Use it. So what we do is we go back to that document state by state. Use that document. That's the honesty I'm asking. Just use that document. Follow the oath of office you're going to take when you're elected and work on getting your state back in accordance with the Constitution. And if each state would do that, this problem could be fixed. Amen. Without bloodshed. Without bloodshed. And, and then, of course, you're re referencing the Constitution Party. Am I correct? Yeah, I am representing the Constitution Party. Yes. All right. That is the party that is trying to do this. Okay. And folks, you know, they've only got 120,000 members, so there's not very many people interested in trying to do this. Right? Right. And that's the problem. It, but, but then you'll have people say, well— you know, voting for a Constitution Party candidate is throwing, it'd be like throwing your vote away. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's right. Oh. Hey, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, That's please. right. It is like throwing your vote away because you're throwing it away down the well when you don't do it. Because, guys, if, if everybody who says, oh, I'd be throwing my vote away would do it, the Constitution Party would be viable. But they don't say, oh, we got to vote for a Democrat or Republican. we got to vote for one of them because, you know, they say they're going to do a good job and they claim they'll do a good job. But you and I know both, both that we all know that the day after they take the oath of office, they begin to violate it. The hour after they take the oath of office, they begin to violate it. And how did they violate it? By, by not following the Constitution. Uh, Ron Paul tried to get that. You can't pass a bill in Congress. He, he, he put this bill in every year. You can't pass a bill unless you can show in the Constitution where it's authorized. They never even let it get the light of day. He tried it every year, never the light of day. Folks, we, we've got to move these people out. And until we decide really to do it, we're going to be stuck with the same stuff. I'm sorry. You can't, you can't throw your vote away. You can't throw your vote away unless, of course, you just want to give it to the same problem. I guess you can give it to the same problem. That's not throwing it away. Oh dear me. I'm not by the way, mm. I'm talking about I'm talking about legislators, legislators and the legislative body, representatives and senators of the state. I'm not talking about the federal government. Forget it. 
We'll never do a thing there. But the state, the representatives of the state, now are you throwing your vote away? Really? You know those people. They're your neighbors, the senators of your state. You know those people. Vote for them. Get, get into a party that can put senators and representatives in your state offices. That's what you should do. I mean, I'd like to be treasurer. I ran for treasurer last time. I'm running for treasurer this time. I ran for auditor twice. Well, more and more people are saying, let's try anyway. I got 75,000 votes. Takes 300,000. 300, anyway, that's a start. That's a lead in. But the point I'm trying to make is it's not the treasurer that's important. It's the legislature that's important. And if you can't get your senators and your rep your state senators and your state house, if you can't, you can't get them fixed, you can't get anything fixed. The federal government will never pay any attention because the federal government, there's money behind that that we don't know about. They don't tell us. Why do, why do those people when they retire, retire millionaires? They come in, uh, the skin off their backs, and they go out millionaires. How does that happen? How does that occur? Yeah, please Think tell me. Please tell me how that happens. Please tell us yeah. how that happens. Even though, look, people say, well, I know how it happens. The lobbyists and, uh, but, but please. No, you don't know how it happens. That's right. Uh, the background, Liberty Series, this is how it happens. There are people in the background. We call them the shadow government. I call them the CFR, Council of Foreign Relations. It doesn't matter what you call them. These people on the background have money like you can't believe. Where does it come from? It comes from the debts we borrow from the banks. Every dime the debt the, the banks get from our debt payments, buy a car, they pay the car with a check, creating the money, and then you send them a payment, and every payment that goes to them becomes a part of their wealth, every payment, all of it, not just the interest, they don't care, it's all of it. Then what happens next? Then the, the Federal Reserve collects money from them every day. If it's too much, they collect it, and the Federal Reserve is supposed to give it back to them if they need it. But, you know, they don't need it because they don't need all the money that they collect. They, can't, they couldn't possibly spend it all. So what does the aggregate do? The aggregate goes to the Federal Reserve. Where do you think that goes to? Goes to the owners of the Federal Reserve. Who owns the Federal Reserve? Why, they're the banks that bought the shares in 1914. I bet you didn't even know the Federal Reserve sold shares in 1914. They sold those shares to who? Not to you, not to me, to the banks that were owned by the banks in Europe. So the, the money goes to the, to the Federal Reserve, then it goes to the banks that, that own it, the U.S. banks that own it, then it goes... To it goes to those banks. It then goes to the Europe and to the European finance. Who owns who owns the European folks? The Rothschilds and the and the Harrimans and it's all in the, it's all in my volume. And those people then take all that money and come back and look at our senators and our representatives, and they say, you know what? We'll give you the money you need to get reelected if you just do what we want. But if you don't do what we want, you'll give you, we'll give the money to somebody else. Do you want to be reelected? You got to have the money. We'll provide it, and they do. And then there's all kinds of get of things they get on the side, this and that and the other. It all comes from that that money that they collect from us. We pay the money to destroy our country because we're in debt, and we're not trying to get out of it. It increases every day, every day. And I'm not talking about cars and houses. I'm talking about all the little stuff that we credit debt, debt of credit cards, debt of credit. You know, I, uh, uh, do you know? American Express. I'm going to use a real true example. The American We call American Express because we wanted to buy an item. It's going to cost $4,000. We don't want to pay for it out of our pocket. So 
we went to American Express. They said, okay, we'll give you a, a credit card of zero interest if you use our credit, if you'll, use, if you'll allow it to get the money from us. So we did. Then they turned around and reneged. First payment, they gave us interest. I complained. Oh, you're not eligible. What do you mean I'm not eligible? Well, in the past 10 years ago, you did that. You got zero interest from us. We're not going to do it now. You've done it already. Now you're going to pay 17%. Then I get a bill, you know, a statement. And on the statement, it says, you've got to pay this by June the 10th. That's in just a few days. Not the whole amount, just the payment, $92. Big deal. $92. you got to pay that. Or we'll charge you $40. Now, the interest on that on that month was $50. They're going to charge another $40 if I'm late. That means that the entire pay payment is going to be interest and penalties. I won't pay a thing on it. Then if I'm late, they say you could. The word could is there. <laughs> They're bankers. The word could is a big word. The word could is there. Have an interest rate of nine of 29%. Do you believe that? That's usury. 29% and they they put it on their piece of paper like it was just this day. I, I'm sure, I am sure that many people that are listening to me right now this minute have debts with credit cards. And some of you are charging, are being charged in the 20s per month. But I, have, I have an idea. Here's what you can do. If you're yes. really smart, okay, you can go to the payday loan advance places and get an advance on your paycheck to pay off your or to pay your credit card. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you, can, yeah, you can do that. Yes, you can. <laughs> payday loans, good. Now, payday loans aren't bad. These guys are not criminals. They tell you up front that they're going to charge you your arm and a leg. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's done. It's right in the paperwork. They're going to charge you, and it's going to be in the 30%. Yes, but you know that. You know that up front. We're hooked into the credit cards, and they're getting 16 to 20, and in the 25%, two. Yep. And they're just like the payday loans, which, you, which, you, we, which we just kind of laugh about. But, folks, we're doing it to ourselves. You know, there's that, those advertisements. You deserve it. If you can make the payment, you're a good person. You deserve to buy this product. Oh, you need it. It's yours. Look how much better your life will be if you'll just buy this. It's only $12 a month. Oh, please, come on down and buy this. And we do. We flock. We flock. Oh, it's just $12. By the time we've done 20 of those, the $10 a month becomes $200, $2,000. Yep. I didn't do the math very quick. It's a big number. It's a big and number. That's, and that's just the payment. And you're paying interest, 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 interest. Folks, we're buying, we're doing it ourselves. I remember when I started watch, watching the interest rate that, that was around 16 to 18 trillion. Now it's in the 20 trillions. It's on its way to 22 trillion. And that's just personal loans. That's not the Federal, the federal Reserve debt. That's personal loans. You and I borrowing money to buy stuff that we want that's not necessary. Yeah, I get in arguments. You said a couple of things. I just want to uh, punch in real quick. You said a couple of things, which I totally agree with you. Um, my wife and I have this discussion all the time. Uh, she said to me once, uh, she said, well, get it. You deserve to get it. And this is something that I would have, would have had to finance. Um, and I said, no. First of all, no. <laughs> I'm not going to finance it. And second of all, no, I don't deserve, you know, that, that to me, that's the wrong way of looking at it. this is like 25 years ago. It, it, it's the wrong way. I don't deserve 
if I if I can't afford it, if I can't pay for it, I don't. I shouldn't buy it. And number one, and number two, I mean, uh, this attitude of well, you deserve it. Too many of our young people, especially young people, have that attitude. And I just thought I'd mention that. I'll shut up now. Sure, I'm just frustrated. No, no, you no. Know? Yeah. <laughs> no, think, think. I I do my economics classes. When I teach an economics class, we always have a section on wants and needs. And I say, you know. What do you need? Well, you need a house to live in. You probably do need a car to get around. You do need food to eat. You need it. You do need furniture. You need some things. Do you need a brand new stereo system? Do you need a brand new TV? Is the old one busted and no good at all? Do you need a new one? Do you need one of these new flash screens that are 50 inches just because they're fancy and nice? Oh, look at that. Oh, look at the color. Look what I get. Do you need that? Well, of course they need it. I talked about phones. Do you need your phone? <gasps> of course I need my phone. I've got to have my phone. i got to get in touch. Why do you have to get in touch with everybody every five minutes? That's not a need. That's a want. Do you realize people, well, I'm sure you do. You're paying it. Do you realize people are paying $100 a month just to have a phone that they can call their buddy on and talk to their buddy for five minutes any minute they want to? It's not needed. That's not needed. That's a want. You, you have a car. It's not the greatest car in town. You want a new one. Why? Do you need a new car? If you do, buy it. If you don't need it, don't. Keep it. I usually get 10, 15 years out of my cars. Yep. There's no reason to buy a new one. They're good They're good vehicles. Yep. Yep. The time to buy a new car is when the car costs as much as a, as a new car payment does each month. Then it's time to buy a new car. Uh, you know, the repairs. Yeah. The, re the repairs. Okay. Right. The uh, repairs cost much as the new car would cost. So buy the new car, you'll have fewer repairs, put the repairs, the repair money into a new car. Now you've got a car. But if you don't have, if your car's going along fine and it's not costing you an arm and a leg, then keep it, don't buy a new one. Stop spending money you don't have. That's exactly right. It makes me appreciate my uh, 2001 uh, car, you know, 19 years old. And uh, right now, the only thing it really needs is uh, brakes, which you know, that's not that's not a hard job at all. So you're exactly well, I right. I used to do those. Yeah, I used to do all that repair myself. Oh yeah, but that was back that was back in the seventies and the eighties. I don't do it now, oh, dear me. But but it's still still if you if your car runs, it works. It's got a wheel. It'll stop. You can steer it. It'll go. It's reliable. Don't change it just because somebody offers you a new one. Say you need it. Don't change it just because the automobile dealership sends you something and says, oh, look at this neat car. You should get one of these. Don't do that. Why am I saying this? Because then you can get out of debt. And if you get out of debt, you have more of your own money. How, are you really sure you want to pay 25% of all of your income to interest mm. because you bought things that you can't, you, do, you don't need or whatever? Anyway, I, I, and the people say economy. This is economy. This is this is what money is about. Money is about having money for yourself. I don't worry about finance. Finance guys, they they invest in the stock market. They do all that kind of stuff. I'm really an expert at the stock market. I can lose money faster than anybody in town. But I know how to make money and keep money by not paying debt. And I probably make more by not paying debt than I do by by uh, uh, by not investing in the stock market. Yeah, that I yeah, because yeah. I don't make any in the stock market. I don't make any. I just lose. Well, I'm a good, I'm a good 
you, you know, no, again, I, I think that um, all of this that we're talking about, I, I think people, we, we all need um, a, a mental reset, a mental reevaluation of what we've been doing because doing the same thing over and over again, it's insanity is, uh, who said that, Einstein or whatever, but but uh, so, so yes, you, and I think uh, Dave Ramsey, and I'm not sure if it was him or someone else, said you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get rich. Or uh, he's a big proponent of 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 no debt. I mean, be, being debt free, and as I am too. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you, you're never going to you're never going to get rich by being in debt. And second second of all, that this country is never going going to survive by buying attempting to buy its way out of. An economic crisis, which is what we're doing right now, and especially yeah, uh, that won't work. No, and when that's man-made to boot, I mean, these Democratic yeah. governors um, keeping businesses shut down. In addition to that, diverting money. One case I'm looking at right now, where Gretchen Whitmer, um, she's diverted money to this contact tracing scheme, taxpayer money. So yeah, we're. I mean, this is all ludicrous. So. I mean, everything's out of control, and and you know, I'm glad you're on because you can, you can talk me through this. I mean, obviously, we need to change, but man, I'll tell you something. I just feel like I don't. Uh, there's just so much wrong. We're, uh, Folks, just a, I got, I I got another. I've got another idea here now. I won't get all excited about this one. I've got another idea. I had we we had some debt. We were we 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 had debt back in the back a few years ago. Several. We had debt. We just made up our mind, my wife and I made up our mind that we would pay it off. We put a schedule down. We say, we owe this much. And we had several places we had to pay. One of the things I did was I scampered all around the credit card business looking for zero interest. That helps. Zero interest is a good thing. The credit card companies got mad at me, but zero interest worked really well. Now it's not available today like it was. They lie to you, you see. But anyway, so... So, uh, by the way, that debt American Express has been paid. You're not going to get any money out of me like that. The bottom line is you've got to stay out of debt. Now, let's, let's look at for a moment what you do. You sit down. The wife has to be agreeable. The husband has to be agreeable. This is not something one does, the other doesn't back. You must do it together, and you're going to tighten the belt. You're going to pick those debts that you owe the least on, or that have the biggest interest rate that you can't stop. And you're going to pay extra, significantly extra. Don't pay any attention to the credit card company that says, you don't have to pay that. Don't, don't do it. You don't have to pay it. Don't pay any attention. Pay that off. When that one's off, you don't have a party and congratulate yourself. You put all the money that was on that one to the next one. And then you do it again and again and again. If you can consolidate them all into one that has less interest, that's a good idea. But don't get suckered into all these things. As you know, if you just come and see me, I'll 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 help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. Many will, many won't. But you don't have to pay anybody to do this. Just do it yourself. Pick the debt. Write down all your debts. See what they are. Put your money where the debt is and stop spending any extra money. Here's a little thing that I, 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 I learned once and, I, and I, it works. I would like, I, would, I don't want to say I would like, I would recommend every, everyone in their family who has debt, take one month, just one month, and never use a credit card 
Just use cash. And keep track of every penny you save. Use only cash. Don't use any credit cards. Use just cash. It, you'll discover that a lot of things you would have bought you don't buy because you see the money that you need going out the door. So if you don't buy them, then you don't you don't need them. I'm sorry. And and you can put that money against and we got out of debt within four years, folks. We were done out done in four years by doing that kind of thing. Just what I just outlined. Yep. Four years. And and if you do that, and then you live by that continually, I have debt for the car, I have debt for the house. Bingo, that's it. And there it is. That's it. And, and you know, even when you get to that point, you're in, you're in such a. Uh, um, it, it, this is what my wife and I found. Although we still have debt in in our house, um, you get to that point where you are so attentive as to what you spend, you could save and apply the same principle to paying off your house. You know what I'm saying? So yes, you can. Um, you, you can you can make extra payments on your mortgage and pay it down very quickly. Um, and, yeah. and, here's yeah. another here's an illustration. I, I'm going to interrupt you again. Here's no, an illustration. On that. I have a I I have a member in my family, my wife's sister's husband. They want to buy a new home, but he wants to pay fifty a fifteen year mortgage because he wants to pay it down quick, and he he won't take a thirty year loan because he wants to have a fifteen year loan. But the banks won't give him the money for a 15-year loan because he doesn't have enough for it, so they're renting. Now, I said to him one day, I said, you control how long the loan is, not the bank. They just control the minimum payment. So if you can get a loan for 30,000, I mean 30 years, get into your home and pay all you want. If you pay double payments, you're gonna, you're gonna the house will be cleared quickly. Uh, because the interest will drop so quickly. It's the interest in your home that gets you. Uh, people come into a home and, oh, boy, I get an interest rate that's like 4% or 5% or some number, but they don't look at how much interest they pay over a 30-year time. And it almost, if not, if not doubles, it almost doubles the house payment, the house cost. The house cost almost doubles it. But if you make just $100 a month more every month to your house payment, Every month, $100 a month more, that will reduce it by two or three years. And you won't pay any interest for that two or three year period. And your house right. will be less, will cost less than it does if you pay the whole 30 years. So if you can get it and then you can figure a way to pay it, pay a 15 year loan just by doing that, you will save in money, a hand over fist. Always pay extra. Don't. Uh, don't uh, uh, just buy to buy, and don't keep paying that that minimum what that minimum payment. Always pay extra, and eventually you're out of debt. Exactly. Eventually. And the other thing you said too, it's it's a lot easier, I think, uh, for people uh, to, to get to when when you use cash, when you use money. Well, when you use these things. Uh, cash as opposed to uh, your debit card. But when you pay by currency, um, it's a lot 
this has a mental effect. In other words, if I went to the store and let's say, oh, I don't know, I, I think I think a lot harder before I spend one of these as opposed to putting a, a debit card in a card reader. You know what I'm saying? It means more to me. Kind of like the mentality of the casino chips. You're, if you're playing uh, craps or whatever, and you're given, why do you think they, folks, why do you think they give you chips as opposed to playing with real money? Because it, it's not, I mean, it, it's, it's a mental thing, right? Uh, uh, oh, help me out here, yes. Doc. Yes, that's exactly right. It is a mental thing. We spend, we, we guard better what we own, what we can see. Uh, in the background, you'll see some couches and some chairs. They're very nice, okay? Uh, they're paid, they, they would be paid for. If they're paid for, there's no debt. That's all right. But if there's debt on them, why are they there? Uh, you know, you can sit on you can sit on lesser items, easier items. The point I, again, let's talk about that money that you just had in your hand. I hear the words all the time. There's no value. It's valueless. It's worthless. Well, it isn't. It is the the value of the money that you have in your hand, even if it's not backed by silver or gold. The value of the money you have in your hand is the value that somebody else gives it when you offer it to them. That's the value. It's the value that they have is the value that you give them when you take it from them. So if you have something that you're selling, doesn't matter what it is, they give you money for it. They've established the value of that money. That money is established by commerce, by, by, by production. The value of the money is in its use, not in the fact that it's not backed by gold or silver. Now, we all want to move back to backing our money by gold and silver. Again, you cannot do it. I'm sorry. The money that we have right now, if we had all the money, all the gold, and all the silver in the entire world in our vaults, in our government vaults, we could print only 10% of the money we have. So what's backing the rest of the money? Production, manufacture, farming, businesses. That's what's backing the money. And bingo, the government's shutting down the production. They're shutting down what is the only value of our country. If we leave that shut down, there will be no value in our country, and it won't be because of the money. It will be because we didn't make do any production. In days of yore, way back before there was money, production was, was considered cash. They bartered. That's what they called it. They gave a pig for something else, or they gave a cow for something else, or they gave milk for something else. It was tough to do, but they figured out how to do it, and people prospered. We could do that too, but the government can't control that, so they want they have money. Now, they're trying to get a cashless society where we just use debit, credit, doesn't matter, just cards, so we don't see any cash. And they're, right now, they're shutting down production, which is the value of our country. Folks, we're, we've got to do something about this. We've got to get back to work. But remember, value of money is the value that you give it when you Buy some when you give it to somebody for what they have, and and when I give it, give something to someone that I've made for what they'll give me. That's the value of the money. It's not what's intrinsic in gold and silver. It's what's intrinsic in production, and that's the key. Hidden, it's hidden, but that's the key. Very well stated. Speaking of gold and silver, and I think people need to understand too about what you said about uh, the uh, uh, money in the gold, the gold and silver that we have wouldn't cover 
wouldn't cover, could not cover all, all the gold and silver could not cover. However, you said it. You said it. It covers eleven percent. It covers all the gold and silver in the world. All of it in our vaults would cover eleven percent of our dollars. Okay. All right. And and so okay. Let me ask this. Although it's not really a, a um, again a a, a, a a it's kind of a clunky segue. How do you feel then about the precious metals, about gold and silver, people owning them? They're very important. Oh, yes, but don't buy it as an investment, folks. I know. That's a bad thing. It's a commodity. Gold and silver is a commodity. It trades on the commodity market. But it's a, the, the value is established by Bank of England on a daily basis. But anyway, so okay. keep the gold and silver that you acquire. Keep it. Put it somewhere. Never part with it. Never. Never, never, never part with it. Oh, but, but the price will go up. I can make money. No, you can't. You lose it. You lose money by selling it. If you get any gold and silver from any source, keep it. Never part with it. And never tell anybody you've got it. Yeah. There's the keys. Two keys. Keep it, but never tell anybody. Amen. Oh, don't keep it in somebody else's storage box either, because then you couldn't get to it. And don't buy gold that somebody says they're storing for you. You don't have it. Paper gold, I'm told, runs around $190 per per ounce. I got to say it differently. One ounce of paper, one ounce of real gold is equal to about a, there's about 190 ounces of paper gold for every one ounce of real gold. Did I finally get it out right? About 190 ounces. What's paper gold? Paper gold is money that you have purchased from somebody else. You've bought it, they're storing it. Paper gold is money that you put in gold shares. Paper money is any money that you think you're getting gold for, but you don't get gold. They keep it. You just buy it from them. Then you think you've got money. I've invested. I've invested. Uh, I invested $100,000 last last month in gold, they say. I, I got $100,000 of gold. Where is it? Well, it's in the vault down in town. And how did you get it? Well, they sold. They, they have it. They keep it. And they keep it for me. And I bought it from them. Uh, no, you didn't. You bought their their word that they would give it to you. You didn't buy anything. You bought the, you trust them to give it to you. Well, if you trust, do you trust the bank to give you all the money that you gave them? Is it possible you could do a run on the bank and not get your money? Is it possible you could do a run on the gold supply and not get your gold? Absolutely. So if you want gold, you get the stuff, you get the specie, you get it, put it in your whatever. Do not sell it. Do not tell anybody you've got it. If you want to have a real good illustration about that situation, you buy the book by Ron Carter, Volume 8 by Ron Carter, who talks about the time in between the Revolutionary War and and the War of 1812, and it talks about, specifically, talks about the problems people had because they didn't have gold. If they had had gold, they had no problems. Those who had gold had no problem at all. Those who didn't, starved. Gold is the key. But you don't get it and then sell it to make a little dollar or two. You get it and you keep it, no matter what the price does. Here's here's my thought. Not prediction, thought. Gold is selling for about fifteen or $1,600 an ounce. Right now, it should be selling for something like 2500 to 3000 If... Maybe it should be selling for more. 
if the people who have the $192 uh, two ounces of gold in paper gold decide to go get their gold, the price of gold will go to the $100,000, not to five or 10000 That's what will happen. Mm. So the, the gold that you have in your little vault will go to those kinds of money, those kinds of values. Interesting. That's what, silver too, boy, by the way, both. Keep it. Right. Don't get rid of it. Don't. Don't spend it. Don't don't brag about it. Don't say, don't show anybody. Say, look at the gold I got. Don't, don't say a word. Just keep it very, very quietly. Don't tell anybody and keep it all. Okay. That's my story about gold. Thank you, by the way. And I know a lot of people are, are, are really appreciate your um, advice and, uh, you know, honesty. You, you don't have any gold or silver to sell. So you're, you're just uh, uh, commenting on that. Right. Your, I don't. So there you go. I don't ever sell it. Don't ever sell it. Okay. Ever. Okay. I got another subject I'd like to mention. Please. Another thing I'd like to bring up. Just a small thing. Well, maybe not. I've had people ask me if it's possible that I would I would come to their place or do some stuff individually. And I say, sure. Yeah. You live in Indiana. All I ask you to do is pay my, my hotel, my travel, and my hotel bills and food, and I'll come. Well, we can't afford to do that. And I understand they can't afford it. And there are people that are asking, okay, here's what I will do, okay? I want to do this, in fact. I want to do this, not will, want to. I have Skype. That's how I'm talking to you guys, over Skype. Anybody who will work on Skype with me, I will do individual calls with their group, 10 or more. I don't want to have 10 or more for my time. Hour and a half, I'll devote myself to what you want to know your questions, your answers, and we'll discuss what you want to know if you want to do this. No charge, nothing at all. Just have Skype and we'll work it out. I'll do a couple of evenings a week and more in the daytime if you've got the, if you can get the group together. I will do that because I know people want to know things. I'll help. Skype doesn't cost me anything, doesn't cost you anything. Just meet in a group, 10 or more, and I'll answer questions and talk about what you want to talk about. And we'll discuss subjects like banking and, and, and conspiracies and, and the, the current problems and economics. And I don't care. We'll talk about the stuff that I know. I won't talk about things I don't know. We'll talk about where to invest your money in the, in the stock market. No, no, no. We'll talk about that. Oh, you can get my advice if you really want to throw your money away. But anyway, no, I won't talk about things I don't know, but I will talk about things that I've studied for 50 years. And you can get, all I've got to do, get in touch with me through the email. You've got the email. You, you respond every time I say I'm going to send something. I will do that on a first come, first serve, my time deal. Okay? Now, remember, I can't do I can't do 24-7, so there will be some limits. But I will do what I can. And, and 10 people each time, I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to talk to less than 10. 30 is better. You know, you can put a whole bunch of people in a room and work Skype in, a, in the same room. So, folks, we can do that. I'm offering. Uh, emails on my website, provisinstitute.com. Email me in. Let's set, when you email, send your telephone number. we got to do this on the phone to get started. Anyway, I'm, at, I'm willing. I'll do that. Okay. I've made that announcement. By the way, that's very generous uh, of you, uh, Dr. 
Dr. Richard Proctor, ProvisInstitute.com, and take him up on the offer. But but if I can suggest, folks, one thing, please, um, when you do that, and, and how gracious is that? Ten or more people, that, that's all, by way of Skype, up to 90 minutes talking uh, with whatever, you know, answering whatever questions. But I would urge everyone, please, everyone that attends those meetings, I would expect, really expect them to have a copy of Saving the Constitution. That's the least you can do. Uh, and uh, it would it, it, perhaps having this would answer some of your questions as well as uh, perhaps even uh, prompt you to ask, ask more in-depth questions. So Saving let, the let Constitution. Me, Go ahead. Let me explain what this is about, why I want to do this, why I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to do it because I expect they will gather people in their homes that haven't got the book and are, are not sure they want to. I'll, I, I'm doing that literally to help people understand what's important in this environment today. I'm not doing it because I want to make more money. I'm doing it because I want a copy of Saving the Constitution in every home that's interested in the Constitution. Every home that's interested. We don't charge shipping. We just send the book out. We have to buy the books, we have to pay the shipping, we have to pay all the other costs. I don't care. I want that book out. Every home I can get it into. Every home, not just don't share it. Well, share it in the home, but don't share it with your don't share it with your neighbor. Oh, you can. I'm not saying you shouldn't share, but I'm saying that everybody needs one they can mark up for themselves. Sure. So that's what this is all about. This is about getting more books in more people's homes. Okay? That's what it's about. And more knowledge up here. Oh, absolutely. In the head. You know, I mean, that's, Cause, yeah. Because people ask questions. They want they want information. They want to understand this better. I give I give presentations to 100, 200 people, and I'm, I'm inundated with questions. So that's how I do my presentations. I let the people tell me what they want to talk about. All the public speakers think that's bad. You're supposed to say what you're going to talk about. You're supposed to say it. Then you're supposed to tell them you talked about it. Well, that's good. I'm going to talk about the Constitution. We're going to talk about it, and I'm going to tell you we talked about it. But you're going to ask the questions, so I can answer them. Exactly. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable public speaking. Well, yeah. It's it's my way, by the way. If if uh, if you were worried about that, doctor, uh, you wouldn't come on this program because I break all of, all of the rules in terms of public speaking. <laughs> um, all, all I, you know, all I try to do is just get the information out there, like you do too. And and, and you know, sometimes, boy, sometimes it's not pretty, uh, but nonetheless, the information does get out there. And and, and that's again, that's very generous, folks. Uh, take take uh, Doctor Proctor up on that. Contact him by way of provisinstitute.com, and the link will be in the program description box at hagmanreportlive.com. But contact him there. And, and again, don't waste his time. Ten or more people. 90 minutes, up to 90 minutes by way of Skype. What a great offer that would that, that is. And, uh, and now, folks, support them too. Okay, support Dr. Be, Go ahead. Here's, here's some of the ways I'm going to control this, okay? If somebody calls me and says they're going to have 10 and and somebody else calls me they're going, they're going to have 30, what do you think I'll do? I'll talk to the 30. I'm sorry, guys. That's what I'll do. If, I'm, if I don't have any at all, if I don't have any more, I'll talk to the 10. I want no less than 10. Why? Because I want to reach people. That's what this is about. This is not about you, me and you talking individual. You can do that on the phone. I want to reach people. Skype will do it. 
Skype will do it. And so I'm willing. I want to have as many as possible, first come, first serve, and the biggest groups. And we'll be able to tell whether the group is that big or not because I'll be able to see them all on my screen. How about that? I like that. I know they won't be able to talk at once. We'll have to, you'll have to organize how you're going to do your own thing. But we can do that kind of stuff. But I want, to, I want to have the groups as big as possible. I don't care if the auditorium's full. Have a big TV. I want to talk to people. Uh, and I don't care the size of the audience. But I do want to have wow. enough to make it worthwhile. Well, yeah. And, and I think now more than ever before, people need, I think, uh, need your expertise about the Constitution. We are in you know, we're in the soup right now. We really are. Never, I don't think we've ever been in this position in recent history. So it's good to have an expert like yourself at the ready and, uh, again, graciously offering your time. How great is that? Maybe this, maybe this time is similar to the time in 1776 and 1770. Maybe this is similar. They had a government that was overreaching. They were forcing them. They were taxing them. They were, they were imprisoning them. They were putting their soldiers in their homes. Maybe this is like that. Let's not have a bloodshed. Let's figure out how to get it done without that. Mm. And I've, I've given you ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, um, you know, doctor, I, I, I hit my knees at night, and I'm not saying this figuratively. I mean, I mean this, and, and I pray for the future of our country. I look at my grand, grandson who is living with me, and, uh, you know, he's, he's nine months old, and I'm thinking, my goodness, you know, what kind of country is he going to inherit? So we need to, we, we really need to get through this without bloodshed, if, if at all possible. Um, yeah. So anyway, go, go ahead. If you, if you have more on your list, here's another, continue. Here's another thought on that same subject you just said. Go ahead. What, what will my, today we have, we had during World War II, we had people, their grandchildren, what did you during the great, do during the great war? Okay. And they like to be able to say what they did. Well, the day will come when your grandchild will look at you and say, what did you do during the great panic of the 2000, of 2020? What did you do? So and important. there's going to be a question. Sure. Because this is the panic of 2020. We may com eventually compare this to the panic of, of 1775, 74, 76. Mm. Anyway, another idea here. A thought. New subject. Is that all right if we have a new subject? Oh, please. This came to me today. It, it came to me from Edward Griffin, his Truth University group. Edward Griffin has good information. The Need to Know series is excellent. This is a, a, a Dr. Pamela Popper, who is a teacher and consultant in the field of nutrition, and nutrition-based me medicine. Okay, that's her credentials that I have here from him. She reviews the COVID-19 death statistics, shows they are deliberately falsified to make the numbers larger than they really are. When she talks about the unbearable price attached to this lie, she is not talking about the economic price. See, I do that. She's talking about the price of a crushed economy, but the, not the price of a crushed economy, I'm sorry. She's talking about the psychological and spiritual price that burdens the vulnerable and the helpless of our land. 
some are driven to such despair as to even take their own lives. She concludes that it's time for the American people to stand tall and just say no to lockdowns, social distancing, vaccines, and all the rest of this theater. That comes from Edward Griffin's Truth University, and it's right on target. They are falsified. People in automobile accidents that die are labeled COVID-19. Yes. They are falsified. Yes. And we can see that. We've seen that. And I don't think anyone can really intellectually be intellectually honest and argue otherwise uh, with the admissions admissions that we've had um, with the numbers. And, and even folks, even with the um, somewhat padded numbers here in our area, even if it was... I mean, you heard what Eric uh, uh, stated about about the infectious rate. But I agree. I agree. I agree that this is what we need to do and this is what needs to be done. And, and we have to just say no, enough of this. And G. Eric Griffin, yeah. by the way, I, I got the, the his recent uh, um, yes. newsletter, email blast, whatever you want to call it. And that was in there. And I thought that was very good. Excellent. Yes, he 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 has lots of good stuff. I watch. I look at his stuff every day, and he spent a significant amount of time on this pandemic, so-called. Now, I want to mention something else here on this very same subject. When you talk to somebody and they say, "Yeah, I know that it's 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 uh, here. It's not as bad as they say it is, but it's highly contagious. It's highly contagious." Uh, who said that it was highly contagious? The same people that are telling us how many deaths there are. So can you believe that any easier, any better? The guy cried wolf dead a few times and nobody believed him. Well, aren't they doing that to us now, crying wolf? Are we still believing them? <laughs> Folks, this is a time we've got to stand tall. Some people mentioned to me that we haven't talked about the color of law, the, the article, uh, the law, Title 18, Section 242 enough. Uh, I, get, I get scads of emails asking for that information, and I send it out. It doesn't take long. I have the emails. I have their address. I just put it in. Some people are sending me an address to send it to, and I'm getting some of them back. So if you're going to send me an address and you expect it to come, you better send me the right one because I can't do anything about it when they come back. I just, okay, thank you. Now, that's one item that we've got to be concerned about. Another fellow wrote to me and said, this is not easy to do. And I responded, sure, it's not easy. That's why I recommended an attorney. It's not easy. It's going to be very difficult. You never get, you never challenge the, the government and it's easy. Who expected that? But you've got to do something. You've got to stand up for something. I pass that information out to people that I go to business I go to. I pass that information out so that they know their rights. And uh, they're making copies and giving it to other people so they'll know their rights. We need, people need to know Title 18, Section 242. I don't have to mention it every week for you to know that it's necessary, but keep sending that, keep requesting that information. I'll keep sending it out. Only takes me two minutes to do it. I don't mind. I'll spend the two minutes. I've sent hundreds out. I spend a lot of time on the computer. I spend a lot of time on this subject. 
It's very important. You're a national treasure, and I don't say that lightly because um, you can relate to you can relate to most people. And uh, you're right. Eighteen. By, by the way, USC eighteen section two four two deprivation of rights under color of law so extremely important today. Um, and the story. I mean, carry. But by the yes. way, print it. Even if you are astute, you can um, copy. Put it into a Word document, print it yourself, carry it with you around in your uh, suit coat pocket if you wear a suit coat, or just carry it around with you and, and have it at the ready to display when necessary. But but you're right, and, and thank you for sending that out. Um, continue. Continue on your list, sir, if you've if you've got more. I love this. Yeah, Doug, by the way, I, I printed it out. I have it, I have it in my car. I never go anywhere except in my car, so I've always got it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're going to challenge me. I'm going to hand them one page and say, look at this. That's the law. Hand him another page. This is what the law covers. Hand him a third page. Are you really sure you want to do this? Look what the law says will happen to you if you do. <laughs> you choose. Exactly. And, and you know, it, it. I'm glad. Uh, by the way, I, I am so glad um, that you you brought that up when you did. I have gotten so many emails. Uh, I cannot tell you how many emails I've gotten about about that uh, about that statute. Uh, saying, wow, thanks for you know pointing me in that direction. And a couple of different ones, which I have not printed out, of where it was used in certain situations effectively. So it's uh, good to Excellent. know. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, That's all I want is to hear people say it was effective. It was actually one was, uh, and this is from memory and conversationally, it was a, it was a woman who, uh, it, was, it had to do with her daughter and something to do with um, something at school. And, and I don't, and forgive me for not, not knowing uh, any more than that, but it was a quite a lengthy email. In fact, I should send it to you because it was pretty interesting of how that played out. And when you know your rights, you know what? It makes all the difference in the world. So that's what, that's why I want everybody to have that book, Saving the Constitution, so that they will know their rights. And they can have it in their hand, and they can show people. They can talk about it. They'll know how to talk about it. It's very difficult to say, I, I can peacefully assemble. If you don't know, you can. It's true. And you got to know that's an article that's in the, the First Amendment, last, last line, peacefully assemble. We've got the right to do that. And assemble doesn't mean standing six feet apart. Yeah, that that bothers me a lot, and and I've I, ta- I think I've talked to you about this before, and I'll I'll talk to you again. You know, I'll just say this again. I, it just blows my mind uh, to see circles painted on 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 the grass and people without prodding, You know, uh, <laughs> going the to grass? the circle. Yeah, actually, did, did I mention this to you before? I mean, I can't no, remember. You on the grass, going into the circle. Oh dear me! Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I think it was in New York State. The pictures are all over the internet, but uh, I, I don't know whether the city of New York or if this was in New York, whether the city did this, but they painted circles six feet apart on the grass, on this in a park on the grass, and see that's bad enough. But what's worse is that the people visiting the park went to the circles. Without they did it, it, you know. I yes. mean, I'm thinking, oh my, you know, you know what that does? That gives credibility and power to the people who did it to us, right? If they draw circles and you stand in them, you are giving them the authority to have those circles 
You are giving them permission to have those circles and control your life. If you give them permission, then it's your fault, not theirs. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to, talking with my wife, hey, as I often do about this, uh, this kind of stuff. And, and she, she said, well, you know, what's, what's your problem? I mean, she, she understands my objections and agrees with me, but, um, she couldn't understand why I was really drilling down on, on the fact that people would go to the circles without being prodded, you know, by at the end of a cattle prod. I'm thinking it's conditioning. It's, uh, as you said, mental conditioning, it's, it's acquiescence to this, um, inv- yes. it's, it's, it's ridiculous too. I mean, is what it is. You, you know, the fact of the matter is once people begin to accept a matter, that becomes the rule. Yep. It doesn't matter whether or not it is the rule before. If they begin to do it, it becomes the rule. So I never, I never, I never pay any attention. If there's lines, I don't, I, I violate them. I would stand on the on the outside of the circle and wander around outside all the circles next to the people. I go up to people, I shake hands. They're they're taken aback a little bit. I say, I don't care. You don't have it. I don't have. It. What do we care? Why do we allow them to tell us these things? Why are we allowing them? Why are we giving them permission to control our lives? I see people in masks. Oh my, the masks are no good. They got holes in the sides. They're per, they're every every you can breathe through it. Therefore, therefore the mask is no good because the fibers aren't tight enough. I tell you what, you want to get a mask that works. If you really think it's important, then you go to one of these medical supply houses, actually safety supply houses, and you find one of those masks, they cost two or three hundred dollars. They seal tight to your head, okay? They seal, let me get, they seal like this. They seal all around your head like that, all around. The straps go all the way behind, and you have two gizmos right here that you breathe through and little holes for your eyes. That works. Actually, that's what you want? You, you think you need that? Go get it. I, I, I actually have a, uh, a Serbian gas mask exactly like you described. You know, so maybe... I don't know. Maybe the next time I haven't been to Walmart and um, I don't, can't remember how long. Maybe I should wear it to Walmart. We'll go in there and oh man, yeah, you, you're exactly right. And, and we've lost our, our minds, collective minds. Um, individually, we've lost our minds, but as a collective, as a society, we've lost our minds. And it just it it uh, I just, I don't know. Um, masks, yeah. Now they're coming out with cloth, cloth masks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. Cloth, yeah. You could wear net, too. That'll work. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or maybe. The only thing, a cloth, the only thing a, cloth, a cloth mask does is contain the droplets of a sneeze, but it doesn't contain anything else. It's out Precisely. there. Precisely. Exactly. It's yeah. out there. You know the old nylon stockings. Maybe I should get one of those and put it over my head, like you know the old bank robbers. Or yes, that would be good. They could go rob a bank. Yeah, man, why not? <laughs> in fact, in the days of yore, they would they would catch you, put you in jail if you wore masks like that. And today they're insisting. Yeah, you and I we spoke about that the the, the mask laws. I think I think there was a question. Somebody asked a question yes. about uh, you're not allowed to wear a mask, and, and yet you're so the dueling laws, yeah, or dueling. You, you know, these face recognition things they're trying to do with, with cameras to keep track of you, there's a, there's a good reason for the mask. There is one. There is a reason. 
You mean if you want to keep your identity hidden from facial recognition, wear a mask. Do you think that would do it? Is that is that sufficient to do it? Do you think? Well, it would be better than none. I don't know how efficient mm -hmm. it would be, but that's a good use for masks. Hide your face, all of it except your eyes, of course, and your forehead. Yeah, that that's a bit, that's a benefit. And don't carry your cell phone. There's oh yeah, you, well, you must not carry a cell phone. My cell phone is in the car, turned off. I use it yep. when I want to use it, but nobody can track me with it. Well, see, and, and th that's the big thing right now, this contact tracing. Social distancing, I, I abhor that phrase. Now, contact tracing, I, I abhor that phrase, but uh, equally the practice of both. This contact tracing stuff, I'm telling you, we are in for it because now, uh, what do they have now? They have trackers. It goes beyond cell phones, too. Think of True. OnStar and Chevrolet. Think of all these GPS systems oh, yes. in your car. Like it goes yes. way beyond cell phones. Thank you, Eric. Yes, He's, Eric is exactly right. I mean, I have, I have track, I have a navigation system. There it is. They can keep track of where my car goes. <sighs> Give me my '71 Camaro with no electronics and roll-up windows on the A-track, and I'll be happy. Yes, you know, and a carburetor you can repair, so you don't have to pay, take it in to get it repaired. That's right. I can just hear people Break out there saying, a track what the hell is that? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But Man. they're not environmentally friendly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, neither am I. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, you guys. Oh, what man. Fun, what fun. You know, folks. Again, saving the Constitution. I just, I just love it uh, when Dr. Barker comes on. Saving the Constitution. This is the book. This is the key. Go to ProvisInstitute.com. That's ProvisInstitute.com. I'm telling you, we should. Um, you should see it. Ten thousand sales today. Okay, from this book. I'm well, serious. Yes, yes. I'll order the books. I'll get. I don't have ten thousand, but if if they say it, I'll have them immediately. Yes, and and you know if. It'll take for I won't be able to fill quarters today, but I'll have them oh, out I, there. I know you will. And I'll tell you what, for yeah. extra credit, here you go, the Liberty Series, which I, I, I really love this. I really do. The information uh, contained in this series is fantastic, um, as well as your economic books, Easily Understood Economics, and, of course, uh, uh, the other – the textbook. By the way, if you're homeschooling – and I, let me just say this. If you're homeschooling, that's good. And uh, one of the aids to homeschooling, I, I like to refer to as, as that, is this, the Constitution, if you can keep it, it lies flat because it's wire-bound, and you can really get into some interesting, it's got questions and stuff, along with answers, but questions. So it's good stuff. Uh, thanks for writing and that, the, too. The parents can cut the, can cut the answers out. See, one book, here's a family. Each child can use the book, answer the questions on a separate piece of paper, the parent has cut the answers out, and she can check them. Yep. He can check them. It's right there. The cutting the answers out does not do anything to the integrity of the book. Right. It allows you to have the opportunity to know if they did read it or not. Exactly, and it's it's written. Um, you know, 
again, I'm going to bring my wife into the conversation. She was looking in and reading this book, and she wanted me to ask you, and I guess I'll just frame it in the form of a question. What age group is this? Did you, did you design this for? High school. Okay. Uh, junior high and high school. The class I was teaching when I wrote the book from those notes was 14 to 18. Okay. And I'll tell you, since you said that, the context of that uh, question was uh, her nephew, um, our nephew, is uh, very interested in constitutional law, and he's 14 years old. So interesting that you mentioned that and uh, reading this this book as well. So thank you for that. So folks, if you if you have, if you got uh, young people at home that are homeschooling, you're homeschooling constitution if you can keep it as well as saving the constitution but saving the constitution is really required uh, so yes it is it's required it's required reading yes i like that it is for this show i believe it is we only have about 10 minutes left of the show which i can't believe how quickly this has gone and i took a lot of the uh front part of the show so i whatever mm. else you know i'm going to turn it turn the floor over to you whatever else you want to bring up or talk about please feel free to do so you, you do that each week, and I like that, but but I'm, I'm going to say a but here. Okay. I've used the whole show to say what I want to say. I've interrupted you several times to say what I want to say. I want the people to understand. I want the people to have the information. I want them to understand that they that they have rights, that they have power, that they can they can keep this government under control, but they can't do it if they don't know what to do, and they can't do it if they don't do it. So the only way you can know what to do is to have the book that teaches it. Or you could read the Constitution yourself. I'm not saying you shouldn't. You can read it yourself. And you and you can answer all the questions that I might pose if you read it yourself. But I will I will pose an item that may be important to that read. When you read it and you see the comma, don't miss it. When you read it, if you see a phrase don't skip over it quickly. Stop and ponder what does that phrase mean? That's what I did to write the book. What does the phrase mean? What does that corruption of blood mean? And, and, and it's, it's in treason or, or, or in anything like that. What does that mean? What's an ex post facto law? What is maritime law? What is admiralty law? Ponder it. If you know it or you can ponder it, you don't need to buy the book. But I don't think everybody knows that. Uh, There's stuff in there that I point out that's in the Constitution. It's always been in the Constitution. But no matter how many times people have read it, they don't know it's there. You had Article 5. Nobody knows that the last phrase says the Senate has to be represented by the, the senators have to represent the states. Nobody remembers that anymore. Nobody knows what the 1808 date in the article in Article Five is. What's that about? Why is there a date 1808 in there? I explain these things, so you'll know that. That answers all the stuff about why did the the uh, men who wrote the Constitution and signed it why didn't they outlaw slavery immediately? They could have. That's discussed in the book. That's what the date 1808 is about. Folks, there's there's a lot of time has been gone in, and you can do it. You can, you know, I've got a constitution right here. Just looked at it. Mm-hmm. I've got one sitting right here, the pamphlet. You can have one of those. You can read it. 
You don't need to buy that big book. You don't need to read that big book unless, of course, you want to know what the little book really says. And you want to spend all the time that I spent to learn what the little book really says. You don't need to. I spent the time. You don't need to. Just read the book. It'll explain to you what the Constitution says. The other day, uh, a couple of days ago, I got an email back from a guy who said the book came damaged. We replaced it, sent one right out. I've just got to know what his address is. I sent right out to him. I don't care. I want the people to have a book. I want them to be happy with it. Yes. Now, if you take it out, you damage it, I care. But if it comes damaged, I don't care. I want it yeah. to be right <laughs> for you. It came damaged, uh, doctor. There's a 45 slug right through it. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, yeah, well, yeah, all right. Um, I, I wanted to, this question that came from a listener, and uh, I promised her I would, I would pose this to you. I'll do it now. To what extent, if any, have you read, and are you, are you familiar with the Federalist Papers? And uh, I'm sorry, to what extent were you influenced by the Federalist Papers in terms of your analysis of? Our founding fathers. Period. I've I have I've read not all but most of both the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers. Most of my information comes from the the discussions and debates and notes of the men who sat in the room writing the Constitution. But those other items are important. But each time you look at one of those, you must take into consideration who wrote those Federalist Papers. You see, when the Constitution was being written, the Anti-Federalists and the Federalists were together in the same room discussing it, and they came to a consensus. When the Federalists wrote their papers, there was no consensus. This was their thoughts. The Federalists are the guys who believe in big government. Remember that. The Anti-Federalists are the guys who believe in state government. Remember that. So you must watch what they say when they say it. There is no discussion beyond. Federalists only talk about big government, and states only talk about state government. So both books are necessary. But the best book, the best way, is to know what the Constitution, the deliberations in the Constitution were, and that's my Bible. That's my Bible. And there it is. And 18, the 1828 Dictionary, that's, yep. that's very important. you got to use that, and you got to have Black's Law Dictionary right next to you, person asked for a copy of that, so I sent it to him. It's only 10 megabytes, probably read in an afternoon. Uh, these things are, are necessary to be able to understand what the Constitution's about. That's right. I, I totally but yes, the, go ahead. The Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers are valuable, very, very valuable, and you should do it. But when you do it, be careful. Know which side of the fence they're on when you're reading it. Okay, now... <laughs> That's very good. A lot of people don't know about the Anti-Federalist Papers, um, at least not by that name or it, it, by that reference, which I, I find very interesting. And I find that time period and the, those, those uh, what I like to call in-camera discussions, well, maybe that's not the right uh, phrase, but I find that very interesting, The uh, what's discussed in the Federalist Papers. I, I do. I just... Uh, that time period is is fascinating to me, and and how they how they came to writing the Constitution that we have today, and I, you know I wonder what they'd say today. I wonder what what I, I often wonder about that. 
if we had the same men in the in, in the room today, what they'd say about what's going on today. Any thoughts on that? Yes, I have thoughts on that. They'd be absolutely appalled. Absolutely appalled. What have you done to that document? They'd be absolutely appalled. We spent three months in a hot, stuffy room trying to come up with something that would give you a valuable government. And what have you done to it? Oh, my. That's what yeah. they'd say. Indeed. Yeah, I, I don't think they would be happy at all seeing the uh, not, the result. Not a bit. But but they they would love now, you. There's a book. There's there's a video now. It's called A More Perfect Union. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a video. It's available. I I have it, but I I don't know where you can get it easily. But you can look for it. A More Perfect Union. It's about ninety minutes, maybe forty, maybe uh, seventy, like that. It is a characterization in costume of all of the writers of the Constitution and the problems they were faced with during the deliberations and at night home when in the bar when they were talking about it, in the pub when they were talking about it, the direction it's going and the arguments that they that Madison was having with the others. We've got to keep it this way. And the other said, no, no, we won't they won't pass this way. And back and forth. They argued about this. This was not a oh this they didn't just sit down and write this thing in one day. They sat down and they deliberated and argued about it. And that movie, it's a video, More Perfect Union, describes perfectly what they went through to do it. Mm. Very important. A more perfect union. A more perfect union. Okay. Very good. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you've done it. You've taken us to the end of the program. We're out of time. I want to thank you so very much for your gracious gift of time. Folks, don't forget, uh, Dr. Richard Proctor has said, you know, you got a group of 10 more people to get a group of 10 more people together. I'll give you 90 minutes of my time by way of Skype. And, uh, there you go. Just contact them by way of provisinstitute.com. But if you do that, this is my suggestion. Make sure you get or uh, uh, are aware of Saving the Constitution, as well as the Liberty Series and his books on economics, all at provisinstitute.com. That's provisinstitute.com. It's right there on your screen. It's going to be in the program description box, a link to that, as well as how to get a hold of, uh, well, there it is on your screen, how to get a hold of Dr. Proctor. It's available on provisinstitute.com. Sir, Thank you. As we're running out of time here, I want to say thank you so much for your gift of time again today and look forward to talking with you again throughout the week and be on the air next week. We'll be together again next week. And by the way, I'm going to control how many of those presentations I do. Yes. Yes. Okay. Dr. Proctor, thank you. May God bless you. All right, folks. Uh, I'm basically out of time. I want to just say thank you so very much for your uh, for coming aboard. Thank you for your patience in listening to me at the beginning of the show um, with respect to what, what's going on in terms of, um, well, you know, my, my issues with, with, the, with the printing of the boxes and shipping the boxes and just being astounded about how we're all affected by, well, what Dr. Proctor was talking about, about, about commerce and about free trade. And then, of course, into the uh, uh, social, what social networks are doing in silencing the dissenting voices out there, the voices that dissent uh, or talk against this oppression, this tyranny that we face. We have a lot to pray about, certainly a lot to think about, but most assuredly a lot to pray about. Please, I ask that you hit your knees tonight uh, or whenever you might be listening to this and, and pray for the future of our country. Pray for guidance, that you're going to be in the right place at the right time where you, when you need to be. And... Uh, Pray for each other. Until tomorrow, 
I wish you good night. May God bless. Have a great night.